Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to the month of August in an all-new edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. August 1st, 2020, which means just one day until the Flyers will begin. Their quest for Lord Stanley's Cup and the 2020 NHL postseason will begin. Notice I use the word postseason, not playoffs. That doesn't really begin, at least in my opinion, until August 11th in the field of 16. But nonetheless, Flyers Daily brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers, and Wells Fargo Center. Here's what you're going to hear in this episode. My conversation yesterday with Michael Raffle after practice. We're going to talk about life in the bubble uh, in the hub city of Toronto, playing in front of empty buildings, or at least seemingly empty buildings. To the players, it's empty. To us at home, it doesn't sound empty. We'll talk about that, plus this season and how the team gets back to the level of play they were had uh, right before the NHL pause, where they won nine of their last ten, where they also haven't lost back-to-back games since early January. So we'll talk to Michael Raffle. We'll hear from Elaine Vigneault after Friday's practice. Also hear from Claude Giroux and Phil Myers. Phil Myers embarking on his first NHL playoffs. And also Travis Sanheim will check in from after practice on Friday as well. All as we prepare for the games to begin. A full slate of NHL games beginning on this day. Boy, it is Christmas in August. Usually it's Christmas in July, but right now it is Christmas in August. And we've been starved for hockey action And we have got it coming up beginning today. The Rangers and Hurricanes in action today. We'll give you a recap of all these games on tomorrow's episode leading into the Flyers' uh, first game of the round robin against the Boston Bruins. But Rangers and Canes will kick off the the slate of games on uh, this day. And we will uh, see who uh, the Rangers in this series look live to me. But we'll see what happens in a best-of-five play-in series. The second game of the day at 3 o'clock Eastern, the Blackhawks are taking on the Edmonton Oilers. That is a 12-5 in the NHL Western Conference. Panthers and Islanders, and I'm not sure I'm trying not to make too much out of these exhibition games. The Islanders looked really good in defending against the New York Rangers, and the Panthers looked utterly utterly abysmal in their lone exhibition game, getting trounced in the process by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, we know the Tampa Bay Lightning are a good team, but is Florida as bad as they looked, or was that just a one-off in an exhibition game? We'll find out with that best-of-five series. Coming up at 8 o'clock on this Saturday night, the Penguins and Canadians. There's another 12 versus 5. Can carry Price steal game one and put the Penguins into a position where they got to win three out of four over La Habitante. We'll find out. And the Jets will take on the Flames at 10.30. So basically, here's the deal. You have hockey from noon. It starts at noon and will go all the way through. And that last game should end around 1, 1 1.15 in the morning. So if you've been starving for NHL hockey, pull our seat up to the buffet, get a couple of clean plates and a lot of silverware ready, tuck that uh, napkin into the top of your shirt because it's about time to feast on Stanley Cup NHL playoff hockey. Let's get to my conversation with Michael Raffle, the Flyers forward. It was a big part of the team's success this year on the penalty kill and also providing depth scoring, one of the reasons why the Flyers are seven points better uh, in the standings than they were a year ago, seven points better with 13 less games. Here's my conversation with Flyer forward Michael Raffle. Happy to have join us right now on Flyers Daily, Flyers forward Michael Raffle. Raff, how you doing, man? Good, thank you very much. How was uh, how was the pandemic for you? Were you back in Austria? Yeah, I went back home with the family uh, pretty much right after we were allowed to leave and spent the summer at home. Um, 
back home they had everything under control shut it down for three or four weeks and and after that we were pretty much fine were, were you able to skate were rinks open there uh, at least to get back on the ice at some point yeah towards the end i was skating but it's it was kind of hard because because the league over there is not sure what they're going to do so it was not too many players skating so if you did get on the ice it was just kind of you know working alone or in really small groups huh yeah, something like that. Um, when you got back and began phase two and phase three and getting back at you know at the skate zone and getting on the ice with your teammates, what was that like? Was there a, a little bit of time it took you to start to feel comfortable again, or did you feel pretty comfortable pretty quick? Yeah, the tempo is a little bit higher for sure when you get back into it, you know, than you when you're just skating with your buddies in the summer. So it was a step up, but I think the the science guys and everything planned it out perfectly. So the boys look pretty good out there and, and everybody's feeling really good. You know, that, that's interesting. The sports science angle of it, Navy is a big proponent of that. I know James has talked about that JVR as well. Um, it, you know, maybe that's something that for some players, it, it's something new, but uh, this organization is bought into that. Is that something that, that you like that approach uh, with a real sports science uh, element to it? <laughs> yeah, I think every, every sport, develops in that kind of direction there's experts in every uh, different aspects of of life and sport so if you listen to the smartest guys out there they can tell you what's best for you and then as i said the boys look pretty good and 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 feel pretty good on the ice out there so i think they did a really good job of that did you feel like through camp uh, before you guys even flew up to Toronto to go to the hub city, um, did you feel like things were just progressing on a, on a real natural progression, sort of similar to a regular training camp? Um, yeah, practices were hard. Um, we workouts too. We were working our backs off, to be honest. So um, it was pretty much like a regular camp, just less guys. And obviously we, we had to quit the season, uh, after 60 something games. So um, we have some unfinished business. So it was, it was really exciting to get back and, and get this thing going again. You've been here since 2013 and you got, you guys have been in the playoffs a bunch of times, but haven't had uh, team success in that regard. And Mike, the, you just used the term unfinished business. I've heard that term from so many players throughout the pause um, that, that it's good to get back. It's fun to get back with the boys and everything, but there's a job to do, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. No, we have a goal ahead. Everybody knows what we're going for. So the boys are on the same page. We're, we're ready for this. Um, do you guys feel like, you know, you had one exhibition game uh, back on uh, on earlier this week and against the Penguins, you come away with an overtime win. It's not really about the result, but about kind of the process. Uh, do you guys feel like you're ready? Um, you still have three games in the round, Robin, to, to really dial it up for the actual playoffs and you can improve your seating with those games. But do you feel like you guys are, are in a really good spot as a group right now? I think we're right where we're supposed to be. Obviously, we weren't as sharp as we were when when, when you're in mid-season form. But the key is to get back as quickly as possible to where we were. And this is all about a little bit extra work for everybody and for the boys to buy in. And I think everybody did that. We have a few practices uh, left here, three games to get ready, and then the puck drops in playoffs. Uh, when you look at getting back to the team that you were when the league was paused back on March 12th, you guys were on a heater. You, you won nine of your last 10. 
Uh, you haven't lost back-to-back games since very early July or January. I think January 4th was the last time you guys lost back-to-back games. What a trait that is uh, for an NHL team to, to go through that kind of stretch and not lose back-to-back. Is the part now less physical about getting back to that level of play and more confidence and mental? Uh, all aspects matter, I think. But as I said, physically, we're, we're in a really good spot. We do a lot of video work, so you're just, you have no chance. you got to be ready once the puck drops in playoffs. So I think everybody's eager and, and tries to be at his best because we have a really good group here and a, and a strong team, and we need everybody to chip in. Uh, when you look at the, the teams you guys will be facing in the round robin, Boston, Tampa, and Washington, uh, when you guys don't lose back-to-back games, you faced all those teams in the second half. You guys had a good record against the group overall. Matter of fact, you, you played the Capitals four times this year. You went 3-0 and 1. Ovechkin didn't have a point uh, in any of those games and was a minus two. Um, this is a good spot for you guys. As the four seed, you can't drop down any lower, but you can move up. It's, it's all opportunity for you guys. I would imagine that's the mindset, right? A hundred percent. And I think the main part is, is not the, the seeding and try to be first. They obviously want to win every game. But as I said, we got to get our game back to where we were. Because I think as a group, we were performing really well, especially towards the end there. So if everybody could get back to that that, that point, we, we'll be fine, I think. Um, what's the bubble life been for you? I know you guys had a presentation this Saturday before you left for Toronto. Now that you're uh, just about a week into to being in the bubble in the hub city of Toronto, what's it been like for you? Um, it's a really nice hotel with lots of activities around it. So they did a really good job. Played a lot of tennis, cards, got my Xbox, but I'm sure the boys are playing Call of Duty. So there's no time where you're bored right now, but it's it's long ways to go. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I think the good news for that, Raf, is that it, things get bad. Uh, it would get uncomfortable being there if you're losing, but if you lose, you're done. And if you're winning and you're staying, winning's always fun, right? It's like a big hockey tournament. Yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, Talk no. about uh, the guys inside the hub. Like it, you guys are a tight knit group. I've heard that a lot during the pause as well. And you're one of those guys, like a Hazy as well, that keeps the guys loose. You're one of those guys that does that. And um, I talked to Kevin the week that you shaved your head uh, during the pause. And if you Google your name, it's like the second thing that shows up now. Michael Raffle shaved head. What possessed you to shave your bucket? <laughs> no way. Uh, um... No, it's just all well, the barber shops were closed back home, so I had a, an extremely weird haircut. You know, <laughs> doesn't have the thickest hair set of hair anymore either. So I just asked the wife to to get the razor out and shave me down like she- a sheep. You know, yeah, shear the sheep and then she just did it. Yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can identify uh, with that. Not the thickest head of hair thing, as you know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um. Uh, it's classic, man. Uh, they, they said that that went around your Snapchat and everybody was just absolutely dying at, at you with the shave. Yeah, Has no, it all grown no. back in now? Uh, you got a good it. flow? I, absolutely no flow. It's a little thin up there, so I might have to shave again, but, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's total BS when they say, hey, if your hair's thinning, shave it. It comes back thicker. I think I tried that, and, and look, I'm still shaving my head 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat, I guess, yeah. Yeah, well, you got a long way to go to catch me, brother. I got my head in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, last thing for you. Um, you know, getting back and, and having this opportunity 
and playing without fans there. Like you guys were so good at home this year. Your home ice advantage was mm-hmm. so pronounced. Um, what was it like kind of walking out with, with no fans? And, you know, the, the rink kind of looks almost like, like a studio set with all the, the screens and everything else going on. Mm. Um, it looks good on television, but what's it like for you guys? We get the piped in crowd noise coming over the radio or television, but uh, you guys in the rink don't hear that. So what's that part like? No, um, it was a little weird in the beginning, especially warming up. You look around, it's really quiet. So you just check it out. But after two, three shifts, I, I don't think the boys were thinking about it too much. The other thing that was a little bit tough is, is if, if you, for you to tell if the puck crossed the line or not, because nobody was really celebrating. Yeah, nobody moved on the bench. Just when Kuti scored, nobody had an idea it was in. You know, so yeah, that's he, different for sure. Yeah, you kind of depend on the crowd. A little bit of shame. It'd be, it'd be really nice to have another playoff game in Philly. You know, that's yeah. a special place, especially in the in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a great point. And you guys, I guess, yeah, on the bench, if you don't see it, you you rely on the crowd to kind of cue you as to what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, last thing for you, um, you're creeping up on 500 games in the National Hockey League. Uh, you've played them all as a member of the Flyers. You spent six years playing in the Austrian League, two in the uh, Swedish Elite League. And then you've been in the NHL ever since as an undrafted player. And, and Flyers have a couple, too, with Zamul as an undrafted player, Phil Myers. Um, but you're creeping up on, on a pretty momentous number at 500. Um, is it hard to believe that you're getting close to 500 NHL games as you look back? Well, yeah, if you look back far enough, for sure, yeah. But um, I don't know. I've been here. I think this is my eighth year now, so I wasn't really counting my games, to be honest. But it's nice. 500 would be a really nice number. I agree, yeah. Yeah, and to another 500 as well. You know, the thing, I, I remember a few years ago, you had a contract that was up and your name was thrown around at the deadline, and you were really – um, really happy that they extended you and opted not to trade you. Philadelphia is an important part of you, isn't it? Well, it's my second home now, and I, majority of the guys who are here are really good friends of mine. So why why would I want to leave this spot? Yeah. We have a really good team now too, so it's it's really exciting. There's some really good young players coming up too. So I think the future for the Flyers looks really nice. All right, one last question. I said that was the last one, but I lied. Um, Last thing, what's it been like for you playing under AV? I think you can tell that he has been a, a really successful coach and he brought that mentality, that winning mentality right from the get-go. So right. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's nice because we had a really good year and had some success up to this point. So I, I honestly really enjoyed it. Awesome. Hey, Raf, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Best of luck up there in the Hub City and um, in Toronto. You guys will crank up the round robin. Uh, coming up on Sunday against the Boston Bruins. Get those games out of the way. And then the real playoffs for you guys will begin coming up on August 11th. I appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck and thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. No problem. One of the classic moments of the entire NHL pause was when we talked to Kevin Hayes here on the podcast. And he mentioned that in their group chat, their Snapchat, that Michael Raffle shaved his head. And everybody got a huge laugh out of it. And as Michael said there in our conversation, that his wife was decided to shave it, got the shears out to shave the sheep and just continued that right onto his head. Uh, but he's a classic, one of the great guys, and he'll keep it loose uh, there in Toronto and the Hub City as well. And that'll be needed. Uh, the further you go along in these playoffs, people are going to be missing their families, missing their own homes, their own beds, and winning is a great elixir inside the Hub City. Uh, but still, you're going to need guys like Michael Raffle around to keep it light, keep it fun in those moments of weakness uh, when players – 
uh, do find it a little bit of a struggle when you can't go home and just kind of escape from everyone else. So thanks to Michael Raffle for joining us. After practice on Friday, Elaine Vigneault addressed the media, and here's what he had to say. First, can you give us the uh, the lines and pairings, uh, how they ran today, and do you expect what you ran today to be used Sunday too? Yeah, uh, I kept um... – Obviously, Kutz's line together. I kept Hazy's line together. Uh, the only two little changes that I made was I moved uh, Q with uh, uh, Derek and um, James, and I brought Tyler with uh, Nate and whether it be Rafi or uh, Joel on the left side there. So kept the D pairs the same. Um, and uh, for today, that's how we ran practice, 13 forwards, eight Ds tomorrow. I'm bringing everybody in. I've got uh, a different type of practice plan for tomorrow uh, since we, our practice is at 2.30 and we play the next day at 3. Uh, I want to get the, uh, the, the other group involved with our group. I've got a couple different type of drills that we can do with um, more players and we'll probably do a, a couple of controlled scrimmages, a couple of things that I want to talk to our players about, control four check, control breakout. So, uh, we'll bring in a, a few more uh, people tomorrow for practice, and there probably will be some other changes again to the lines uh, for tomorrow. Talk about the goalie situation a little bit. We know Carter's going on Sunday. Are you going to go Carter twice in a row, or are we going to split it up a little bit, or are we still going to do the same aspect of what you're thinking for the next three games before we get into the uh, first round? Yeah, starting Sunday, we're going to play three games in seven days. So, um, you know, both our goaltenders have, have been a big part of our success this year. Uh, Carter is going to play Sunday, and uh, definitely Brian is going to play one of the next two. I want to get through Sunday first before I, I make the call on the next game, but there's definitely one of those two games uh, that Brian is going to play, and uh, we'll sort it out there as the week moves on. Is because of the long lay layoff between the regular season and now, what kind of challenges does it bring this year in regards to planning for overtime or how you manage your bench in overtime? Um, you know, that's a good question. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with the, you know, the field that you have uh, during a game of, of where your team is at and where certain players are at, uh, you know, We've been off for you know basically five months. We're going to have four games to, to play prior to our, our first real game. And uh, what you have to do uh, compared to in the regular season where it's three-on-three, three, well, you sort of do almost the same thing. When you go three-on-three, three, you're going with the players that you feel have got a, a, a good game going. Well, this will be the same thing in, in the five-on-five five situation. Uh, uh, it will be an extended uh, game and uh, you know first goal wins so depending on uh, you know which lines are working which D pairs are working as as coaches you're going to have to make some decisions some adjustments and that's what we'll do at that time. Hey V, how you doing? Good. Um, how important is special teams for an extended playoff run? And also, did ha, did you go to the Falcon Sky Bar for a martini? Uh, I haven't done the martini thing other than, you know, at the restaurants here at the hotel. Um, but specialty teams uh, are, uh, you know, big part of regular season and big part of the playoffs. Uh, you know, the, on the power play, a lot of times it's your more, more skilled players, your top end players, 
players that you expect uh, to lead the team in the right direction. So uh, our power play, if you looked at, uh, you know, different segments that we've had throughout the year, our last 20 games was, you know, one of the best in the league and our penalty killing was real good. So uh, I expect that we spent and a lot of time today's practice on specialty teams. We will do some of that tomorrow. And I'm very confident that our group, uh, specialty team-wise, is going to be ready come game one. Hi, Elaine. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I am. I know you've done some different looks on that second line. I know you tried Joel Farabee on that second line a little bit, and then that obviously would move Scott a little lower and playing down the middle. But is that second line of Lawton, Hayes, and Konechny just so good that it's it's kind of difficult to break them up? Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's so good. I would say, you know, we played one exhibition game, uh, and as meaningful as these games coming up, there's that balance that, that I need to find. And, and, you know, there were a couple of lines that I felt could be a lot better. Um, and, uh, you know, I, the balance that you have to have is we don't have a lot of time right now. So sometimes during the year, you might give two, three, four games to, for, for somebody to, to get going. Uh, right now, not that we, we, I don't believe we have that luxury, but at the same time, you do have to give some people uh, because they've got the term I like to use a lot of times is more money in the bank. I mean, they've, they've earned a right for a longer look. Well, that's a little bit of what's going on right now. Uh, but we will quickly, if we feel certain things aren't panning out the way we want to, or some guys are just playing okay, then we'll make the decisions quickly that we have to make for the benefit of the team. Uh, you've coached a number of teams that have went on long extended playoff runs to, to the final and whatnot. Is there a, I'm not talking about the, I guess, the on ice play, but I'm talking about off the ice. Is there a feel surrounding those teams that separates them from the teams that don't go on runs? And if so, do you feel like this team has that feel to you right now? I feel this group of players, the, the focus that we have on the task and, you know, playoff hockey, you know, there, there's a lot to be said for, for momentum, in-game momentum, uh, how do you create it, how you get it back, um, how you bounce back from a, a hard-fought game, win or, or, or lose. Uh, it big, big part of this is, is the mental, mental focus, mental strength that uh, players bring. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, the preparation that they need to do and the will, the will to, you know, put yourself in, in the, the right frame of mind to go out there and, and, and play your best. You know, a, a B game at, at this time is not going to work. You, you got to bring your best hockey. And we've got, obviously, a reseeding phase to go through. But those three games, we're going to need to be good. We're going to need to play hard. We're going to need to uh, have a, a real strong and smart work ethic. And I believe this group has, has learned that, has learned, uh, you know, the, about playing the right way and, and executing and, and bringing, you know, the right work ethic to, uh, to games. So I'm, I'm very confident with this group. Um, you know, these three games are going to be important, but uh, I, I think that the, the, the will to, 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 to win is there and it's up to us now to go out and prove it.
Hey, Elaine. Uh, just wanted to talk about, we focused a lot on the changes that possibly could be made to the lines, but your D pairings have remained pretty consistent from the start of camp and even the way they looked before the pause. How much does that speak to your comfort level and confidence in those pairings and the way that their chemistry is, especially some of the younger guys? Yeah, I mean, the the, the pairings, uh, you know, the last 20 games have been real successful. There was some real good chemistry between uh, the D partners. So at this point right now, I'm, I'm, I'm staying with what we have. It doesn't mean uh, certain guys have won certain battles, but uh, at, at this point now, uh, I'm going to stay this way. And in the near future, if I feel I need to make a change, I will. But guys were playing it extremely well and both defensively and offensively. You know, we had a good mix there, good balance. And uh, hopefully we can bring that to our first game on Sunday. A.V., hey, a uh, quick question on Brad Marchand. He was injured yesterday, and uh, if he's not la- uh, able to play on Sunday, do you prepare any differently for the Bruins without him? No, I mean, the, for me, the Bruins, when you look at that team and, and, you, and you look at, uh, you know, that team talent-wise, that team uh, battle-tested-wise, that lead, uh, that team leadership-wise, uh, you know, they've they've – been through some wars and they've lost key key players and they've just kept on playing so I expect them to, to play I expect them to bring uh, a real good game to the table they just lost to Columbus uh, so we're going to need to be ready we got one more practice uh, tomorrow it's going to be a real important practice for us and then come uh, Sunday uh, three o'clock we're going to be focused and ready to go and every one of these availabilities with Elaine Vino, um, you just get this air of confidence of preparedness and probably the most important thing is that the job's not done that's what that's what you feel from elaine vino and i can tell in talking to the players and michael raffle mentioned it earlier as well that uh, there's a lot of business to be taken care of and I, I kept hearing that through the pause from every player and we spoke to every player on the entire team every player we spoke to mentioned that there's work to be done here we're coming back not just to get back together and hang out with the boys we're getting back together to take care of business because we feel like we're a team that can make some noise in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you get that vibe from Elaine Vino. It's great to hear his accountability that he holds everybody to, not even just players, but staff and himself uh, is so refreshing to hear. Flyers Daily, as always, is presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho. The captain, El Capitan, Claude Giroux, and Phil Myers. One guy has played in a lot of playoffs. That's Claude Giroux, including a cup final back in 2010. Phil, it's his first NHL Stanley Cup postseason. Here they both were in a joint availability after practice on Friday. For both of you, uh, in both your minds, how important is is this seeding tournament? How important is it to to move up in this in the seeding? Well, I think the most important thing is uh, being able to find your game within those three games. And uh, obviously, the higher seed we are, the better position we're going to put ourselves in. But I think mostly it's uh, finding your game and uh, whatever seed you're in. Uh, hopefully, when the playoff starts, you're, uh, uh, you have your game where you want it to be and um, as a team and also uh, personally. Yeah, like G said, uh, I think it's really important to find your game and, um, you know, just uh, 
be ready to go when playoff comes. And obviously, if we can win, you know, those games, it'll put us in home ice advantage for playoffs as well. Gee, uh, it's not easy being away from your son. Um, you've looked pretty fresh. Has it? Uh, have you been able to get more sleep? Have you been able to stay more focused at the task at hand? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're we're all at the rink and at the hotel, the whole team together. And uh, anytime I have a chance to uh, FaceTime uh, uh, my family, I do. And uh, you know, it's it's definitely not ideal to be in this position. But uh, yeah, uh, sleep has been great. But like I said, it's uh, um, it's tough right now. So this is for you. I just asked Travis about how being a partner of yours. Uh, he said you guys have a lot of similarities, and Mike Yo has been very complimentary of your guys' pairing, and he said you guys can go out there at any point in time and they have faith in you. Uh, what's it like being his partner, and also what's it like being experienced with him since your time with the Phantoms? Yeah, um, obviously we've been with the Flyers organization for like five years. Um, we played together in Lehigh. Um, you know, I know him a little bit personally. He's a, he's a great guy, easy to play with. Um, he skates well. He can make plays with the puck. Um, you know, I think we complement each other pretty well on the ice. So, uh, you know, it's uh, fun going through this with him. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to playoffs here. Uh, this this question is for Claude. Um, since uh, Elaine took over as head coach, uh, the, the practices have been been very structured not just uh, from a daily basis but in terms of what you guys are going to do over the course of a week do you think that structure in training camp this training camp helped you guys be better prepared physically and timing wise for uh, for these games I uh, you're talking training camp right now yeah yeah I mean it's uh, we don't have a lot of practices here in uh, in Toronto and uh, when we do have practices we're always working on something uh, system wise or um, power play or PK, whatever it could be. We're working on something and we're getting our condi uh, conditioning at the same time. So uh, anytime you have practices like we have right now and we're going straight to the playoffs, I think it's important where you do um, game-like situations and uh, that's what we've been doing. Hey, guys. Uh, this question is for Claude. Um, Claude, I remember talking to Jake during the season and he was mentioning how uh, in games where maybe you or Sean Couturier or Jake himself would be quiet on the score sheet, you guys were still winning by multiple goals. Do you feel like this is one of the deeper teams you've been on in a while? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think every night we have a line or uh, one guy that steps up and gets the big goal or gets the, the great play defensively. And um, I think we're confident whoever's on the ice, we can uh, uh, line, um, line matching and all that kind of stuff. I think we're, uh, we're pretty comfortable uh, with everybody in the lineup. So uh, when you feel like that, your confidence goes higher and you, uh, you focus on, uh, on, on, on your own job and it's, it just makes your job a lot easier. Yeah, hey, guys, this is for Claude. Um, you've mentioned it a few times about, you know, the practices and, and do you guys feel the, feel the team is as close to having everything where it needs to be as you can possibly be with one practice left before things start uh, against, against Boston? It's, uh, I was just wondering, do you guys feel you're as close to being as ready to go as you can possibly be with all the systems and everything that has to be in place with one more practice left in Boston coming up here? Uh, yeah, I think so. But there's only one way to find out uh, when the puck drops. Uh, you know, we played one exhibition game and um, maybe the intensity wasn't as high as 
as it will be. So, but we were, it was good. The first period was kind of messy and uh, then we kind of got our stuff together and I feel like we're uh, definitely on the right path, but uh, we won practice left. I think it's important that um, during that practice where uh, we have a good practice and we're focused and it's the, uh, it's the only way right now that we can uh, uh, get into a game situation. This will be your first postseason game of your career. What's the nerve level like for you? And do you talk to other people that have been through the playoffs? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I'm just going to try and treat it like any other game uh, this year, not change anything, just get ready the same way. Um, you know, try and bring that intensity as much as I can. And, um, you know, obviously I'm going to do everything I can to help the team win. So um, it's sort of the same mindset as I had this year. And, um, you know, nothing changes. Claude Giroux mentioning that this is the most talented Flyers team he's been a part of. And that's saying something when he's on a team that went to a Stanley Cup final back in 2010. Travis Sandheim also ready for some NHL playoff hockey. And he dressed the media after practice on Friday as well. You guys were off for the first time in Toronto. Uh, what was your off day like? And does the NHL have anything special set up for you guys like the NBA does in uh, Orlando with their bubble, with the fishing and the golfing and everything like that? Yeah. Um, yesterday, obviously, with the day off, we were able to head over to BMO Field. Um, so just kind of uh, not attached to the hotel, but uh, just down the street. So we were able to head there and uh, they got a ton of games and stuff set up there and uh, spent basically the whole afternoon uh, playing games and, um, you know, they had football and frisbee and stuff like that, throwing that around as well. But uh, yeah, try to keep busy as much as we can. Um, yeah, it's definitely, they got a pretty good setup over there. Hey Travis, uh, AV said that he really likes the way the defensive pairings have been for the last 20 games, roughly going back before the pause. You've played with Phil Myers at several different levels at the AHL and here. How much of a comfort is it to come back from the pause like that and get right back next to somebody like that, that you have a chemistry with already? Yeah, uh, it makes it really easy. I mean, uh, I mean, Phil of uh, not only this year, but uh, in years past have played together. So uh, we've built a pretty good uh, relationship between the two of us and, um, it's pretty easy to be able to play with a guy like that uh, with his skill set and um, the way he handles himself and, and plays at both ends of the rink. Uh, so try to talk to him as much, much as I can right now. And um, obviously we've got to work out some of the kinks early on, but it uh, shouldn't take too long. Yeah, Travis, uh, last year you did get a little bit of PK time, but this is really the first year you've gotten pretty extensive penalty killing time. Uh, how much has that become, you know, a part of pride in your game and how has your confidence grown over the course of the season in that regard? Yeah, uh, it's something that I've, uh, you know, I worked on in junior uh, early on. It wasn't a uh, PK and, and uh, something that, uh, you know, with the, with the coaching staff there that I wanted to, to take pride in and being able to, you know, be a top guy and, and be able to play in all situations. So uh, when I went to the American League, it was, it was kind of the same thing. I was able to, to step up in that role and play a lot of minutes um in that situation as well so uh it took a little bit of time in the nhl but uh this year i think i took a pretty good step in that direction and uh, it's something that i want to continue to, to um do well in and and uh, be able to help the team out uh both uh both matt and shane over the last couple of days have mentioned and uh, based on the exhibition game, that it's easier to communicate with, with your D partner out there with, with no fans. Is that something you notice as well? And if so, are there plays, maneuvers that, that you and Phil are going to be able to pull off 
easier, better now in this environment versus the normal environment? Yeah, I mean, as a defenseman, obviously you're going back for pucks. You want to be able to hear your centerman. You want to be able to hear your, your partner and, and their calls and what they're telling you to do. Uh, so obviously it is going to be easier and, and same. And that, uh, you know, the guy forechecking, you can probably hear a lot easier too. So, um, you know, there's benefits to both, but, uh, you know, if you can um, do it the right way, I guess, uh, it definitely should help you out. Yeah, Travis, uh, can you talk about uh, the importance to move moving up uh, in this seeding tournament? Is there importance to it in your mind to advancing uh, at least one or two spots? I mean, for us, I think it's, it's getting our game to where it needs to be and, you know, winning hockey games does that. And, um, you know, we wanted to, you know, move up as much as we can. I think, uh, uh, these are all tough teams that we got to play against and, and, uh, you know, we want to make sure that our games where it needs to be. So we need to play well in those games and, um, definitely benefits to, to winning, winning games. You're going to feel better about yourself going into the playoffs. So, uh, for us, that's, that's how we're going to handle the situation. And, um, you know, we're going to treat it like it's, it's playoff hockey. Hi, Travis. Uh, I know this was your first year uh, and everyone's first year with Elaine Vigneault and Mike Yo, but it seems like they've really trusted you and they want to put you in situations on the ice where you can gain confidence. Just what has it been like under those two? Yeah, it's been uh, really good. I think they they came in and, um, you know, they've handled this team really well the way from day one. And uh, it's been exciting. Um, you know, obviously, it takes a little bit early on, but I think as we've gone on throughout the season, guys have uh, continued to, to get better. Our team's gotten better. Our systems have gotten better. Um, those are all things that you want to see from a coaching staff. So um, from my standpoint, it's, it's been awesome. I've, uh, I feel like I've grown as a player um, at, at both ends of the rink and I want to continue to keep doing that. Travis, Mike said he, before you guys left, he had the utmost confidence in you and Phil in any situation that they put you in. Uh, this is a little off of Jordan's question. You guys played a lot when you guys were with the Phantoms. What kind of chemistry do you guys have that you guys bounce each other off so perfectly with? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think there's honestly a lot of similarities in our game. I think our skating, um, we're both good skaters. We both move the puck well and, and want to get up and join in the offensive plays and, and saying that there, there's some, um, you know, things that he, he helps me out in and, um, you know, he's maybe a little bit more physical and um, allows me to go back and retrieve pucks and, and make plays. And um, you know, I maybe jump up, I guess, a little bit more, but uh, you know, he definitely wants to get up there too. So I'm um, just trying to work with him. I think having, having him as a partner, uh, the lefty righty makes it a little bit easier and um, you know, both offensive minded. So uh, we want to get that puck moving. We want to get going offensively and, Definitely a benefit to, to wanting to play on the other end. Travis Sandheim and that pairing along with Phil Myers. I always say it's two gazelles on the ice. And for this metaphor, just presume that a gazelle is a very good skater and is very fast because the way those two defensemen cover the sheet of ice is astounding to watch. Elite skating ability out of both of them. Each have uh, offensive prowess to their game and in different forms. Phil Myers is a guy that's got an extremely hard and heavy shot. Now, what the, what does heavy mean? When you hear a guy's got a heavy shot, um, some guys, when they shoot the puck and it hits you as a goalie, it doesn't feel like much. It can be a really fast shot and very accurate and all of those things. But some guys, when you say he's got a heavy shot, and Radko Gudis was the guy with a heavy shot as well. John LeClaire had a heavy shot. They, those guys, when they shoot the puck and it hits your pad, it feels like it's going to knock your legs out from under you. 
that's a heavy shot. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin, heavy shot. Um, you, you look at Shea Weber, a bomb and a heavy shot. Some other guys, really strong shots, but not heavy. There's a difference in that word. And people always kind of go, what, is, what do you mean by heavy shot? That's the explanation uh, from a goaltender's perspective. When it hits you in the chest protector, a normal, good, normal hard slap shot, you feel it a little bit. A heavy shot, it touches your sternum. And that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Another brand new game day episode is the round robin. We'll start for the Flyers tomorrow. We'll give you a recap of all the action in the NHL on this Saturday. In the meantime, everybody, enjoy your day before Flyers hockey. We'll crank you up for the game on tomorrow's edition of Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening.